Welcome into Straight Up Sports. I am your host, Devin Albertson, and we're going to talk a little bit about week three, what happened there in action in Missouri eight-man football, then head on to week four and kind of look ahead to see what happened, what's going to happen here. Maybe a few predictions, look at the standings a little bit. We're three weeks in, so a third of the way into the season. Um, and it's very interesting to kind of see where everybody's kind of heading right now. Still some teams with some stuff to prove, but a lot of teams made statements earlier this year that I think are very interesting so far in 2021. Uh, let's start just first game of the day on first game that really everyone was kind of paying attention to there on Friday night. Um, number one, Stanbury. Number two, King City. I talked to a lot of coaches who said either it wasn't too far away, if they were having a game themselves. That had been the game that they were all kind of interested in. That's what I got a lot of commentary about on the weekend is how those teams look. Uh, what did you think kind of being at that game? And I think they might be the two best teams in the state. It was kind of back and forth. Um the big thing in that game was Austin Colvin getting hurt in the third quarter. I'm not. I'm still not sure of the Stanbury lineman, um, how serious it is. He's. I think he's probably back this week. But I don't know. I don't have any insider information on that. Um, but when he went out early third quarter, Stanbury still scored on that first drive um, and finished that drive off to go up by, I believe it was 10 at that point, or maybe a little bit more. They're up 6, uh, 14 maybe. Um, but anyways, it's a huge score for Stanbury to take a kind of commanding lead in that game. And then King City kind of the other offense going after that. Uh, Parker Muff, I had him for like 40, 45 yards in the first half. He finished with 200. I mean, he was very good in the second half. Um, they were open up some running lanes without having to deal with Colvin in the middle. And it really made an impact on how Stanbury was able to move the ball with more consistency, especially on the ground. Um, you didn't have that one or two every once in a while. Colvin just busts through your center, and there's a three-yard loss, and you're behind the sticks, and I'm seeing that you're behind the eight ball a little bit there. So that's just one thing to look forward to. If Colvin's healthy, I think Stanbury wins that game by two scores. I really do because they were just that uh, dominant. He's just that good inside, and it's tough for them to uh, run against him that way. So that's just what I kind of saw in that game. A couple other players. uh, Stanbury got a little banged up. Uh, Colvin, uh, Lance Wallace went out for a little bit. Martick um, has an injury as well. I'm hoping those guys get back pretty soon because they're all three really good players. Stanbury finished the game with a couple of freshman linemen playing. Uh, it's not ideal if you're Stanbury, but they were able to pull out a win, which is great for the Bulldogs there to get a conference win over King City. Um, and for King City, their defense played much better than I expected kind of deal. I didn't know what they to expect really with that defense and how they would hold up. Um, but they're physical up front. They, are, they got some big boys. They played well. Stanbury had to earn every bit of it on offense. They had a little more success throwing than they did rushing. Um, I saw the same thing with North Andrew in week one against King City. So I think King City is going to be a very good team. I didn't drop them at all in my ranking. I kept them at two. Um, so I think the second best team in the state right now is just barely edging out Drexel for that second spot. Um, and Stanbury, um, Austin Swayback did a nice job throwing the ball. Uh, he under pressure a couple of times where he threw a couple of ducks, but it's to be expected a little bit with your feet kind of getting muddy underneath you. But when he was able to set his feet and kind of launch the ball downfield, he throws a really good post route and a really good post corner. He's got a couple of big receivers to throw to, including his brother Tyler, that really gives Stanbury an advantage to open up the defense in the back end a little bit and have them worry about the pass. Um, but, yeah, it was a great game. Two really good coaches, two excellent rosters. I'm looking forward. That game might happen in Como uh, there in early December. So that's one thing to look forward to in that one. Uh, next two games, ranked teams, Drexel killed Liberal, no big deal there, 84 nothing, kind of as expected there. Not much to talk about with Drexel when they're beating uh, some of these teams um, on their schedule right now. Their bigger weeks are coming up later when they got Archie and St. Paul Lutheran. They got some Jasper. They got some big games through the last four weeks uh, for Drexel. 
Uh, Southholt, East Atchison. East Atchison took care of business. Their defense, as Anthony has said all week and multiple podcasts that we do, it's really good. <laughs> EA's going to be able to shut you down on offense. Um, they're really physical up front. They got good size, good speed across the board, and a good scheme on defense. So they're going to be tough. They're maybe not the best offensive team, but they're going to do enough with that defense to win a lot of games. And I think – I know they played Rockport Week 5. I'm still not sold on Rockport. I thought this was for the conference championship kind of deal. Um, and I think their next big game will actually be against Stanbury in Week 8, which right now I'm kind of planning on going to that game So I think it's going to be another top three, top four matchup um, in the state of Japan where EA is ranked at that point. Um, next, North Shelby beating up on Norbert Harden Central, 64-0. Not much to say there. Um, North Shelby's really good. Uh, the Aggies are dealing with a lot of injuries, which is tough to see right now for them. There's not a whole lot of numbers for them. Uh, number six, Worth County beat up on Skyler, 80-12. Kind of as expected as well. North Worth County, just a really good football team. And Skyler still uh, developing and learning a little bit there over in Queen City. Um, Archie Osceola, uh, I think Archie came out a little flat in this game, maybe looking ahead to a good game versus Jasper this week, and just they didn't execute great, so they won 66-20. to So probably not as much as I would expect them to win by, but still a big win over a team they should beat. So not much to read into there. I think Osceola is maybe just a little better than we all expected this year. Um, so good job for them, just not quite there. Also, Osceola changed their helmets, and I'm not happy about it. Um, they went from that the really cool chrome reflective feathers um, on the helmet to just the normal old spear, like Florida State and what Albany has. And when you have just a good helmet that's unique, and then you change it to something worse, not a big fan. That's just me uh, with that one. Uh, number nine, Bishop of Blonde Wing at home against Donathan West out of Kansas, 56-50. Um, just a nice win there for LeBlanc. A lot of points scored. Um, I was watching the game on Twitter uh, via the news press tweets, just kind of seeing exactly what was going on there. There's a lot of points back and forth. I don't know how good the defenses were playing there. Um, but it looks like Donovan West had some athletes based on the highlights I saw. So it's a good win for LeBlanc. Uh, you need to win a game like that. I know last year Donovan West beat him by 30-plus, so LeBlanc kind of turned the corner there and getting a good win in week three. I mean, they beat North Andrew, Pattonsburg, and Donovan West to start the year. Um, we'll get to their game versus St. Joe Christian here in a little bit. But it's Christian, kind of a week they can kind of get, I think, heal up and get ready for um, Archie on the road in week five, which is a huge game for Bishop LeBlanc. And they got Casey East. Then who they got on the road against Nottoway Valley, um, home against Northland, and then playing at Northwest Hughesville. So a couple of big games with them with um, Archie and Hughesville still on their schedule that I'm kind of keeping an eye with LeBlanc. So they got through some of the parts of their schedule here. I think they get a little bit of a lull here in week four, but good win for LeBlanc over Donovan West. Uh, the second best game of the weekend, I thought, St. Paul Lutheran versus Northwest Hughesville. A good 30-8 to win for Lutheran. Uh, that defense is good. They're a physical bunch. Um, I know I spoke highly of Ethan Kirby in the offseason, but Christian Anderson's an absolute monster on the D-line as well. He's I haven't given him enough enough love um, so far this year. He's just been insanely good. They got three good runners there in the backfield um, as well. Let me just pull up St. Paul Lutheran's page real quick because they're a good team. I mean, as I said there, let's see here with some of the – so Jaden Maggart, uh, Logan Mueller, and Isaac Long in the backfield. Uh, Christian Bobson at quarterback, throwing for almost 400 yards already through three weeks. Six touchdowns, has three picks, but six touchdowns. Um, they spread the ball around quite a bit against the, for those three to four guys right there in the, in the backfield. Um, they kind of rotate in and out. Um, Josiah Gertz was their quarterback last year. He's now their leading receiver. Uh, Maggart and Kirby can also catch the ball. Peyton Woods. I mean, they has got a bunch of good athletes over there. 
And I just want to defensively, Christian Anderson already has 14 tackles for losses in three weeks, five and a half sacks. I think both those lead the state. Uh, Kirby, seven tackles for loss and three sacks. Uh, very good. Hunter Lud- Luderman, um, three and a half tackles for loss and one and a half sacks. I mean, they just they play in the backfield. They're a physical football team. We saw that last year. They just weren't quite um, up to speed with some other stuff. But I think this year they're starting to put it together pretty well. I know they almost beat Oric in week one. Um, had They were up 14 nothing and kind of uh, faltered later in the game, and Oric was able to come back and uh, nip them in that one. But they beat Northwest Hughesville. Um, and that's pretty much their two biggest games until they play Drexel, I believe. They Concordia this week. Um, Keatsville. Santa Fe on October 1st is interesting because Santa Fe is much better than I expected. They do have Lockwood at Knox and Drexel. So their last four games are pretty interesting there. A couple of two-week lull here for Lutheran. I think Lutheran is a top-10 team. I have my number nine in my rankings right now. Um, those last four weeks, though, Lockwood at Knox, uh, Santa Fe in there, and Drexel. Very interesting for those last four weeks to kind of see where Lutheran's at a bit um, in this season. So I think St. Paul Lutheran, they're heading in the right direction, though, absolutely. Um, other games here, and also Northwest Hughesville, I'll get to them in a minute because I have their game this week. I still think I think they're the best one and two team in the state. It's probably them or North Andrew are probably the best two best one and two teams in the state. Um, just a tough schedule. Start of the year, I mean, you lose to North Shelby and St. Paul Lutheran back-to-back weeks. I think they're both top – five and a top nine team um kind of in the states so no shame in that if you're um northwest hughesville they got knox county this week who's undefeated i'll get i'll break down that game and break down that game here in a little bit but let's go through the rest of the schedule real quick um oh i totally oh, never mind next game rockport concordia this got picked up last minute after the podcast last week so i didn't get to break it down i would have picked rockport to win this game i did they're just better they got a staple of running backs who are pretty good at rockport i don't think they're a top 10 team though they're the one team that i see getting ranked that i just don't think they are at this point. I know um, Philip Heron, 297 yards. Micah Makings, 209 of 100 yards throwing. Uh, Dakota Evans, 190 yards. Aiden Burke has 125 yards. So they got guys who can run the ball. I just don't know if they're at that level to be a top 10 team. I think they're in discussion for it. I think they're somewhere between the 10 and 20 range. I just There's so many teams in there, and I would not give Rockport the nod right now for just their current schedule, they start every year so light in the schedule side, which is not their fault. It's just their schedule is their schedule. But you beat DeCab, you beat Platte Valley, who is missing over half their team due to COVID, and then you beat Concordia. I'm, I'm just not going to be really high up on that right now. They got Nottoway Valley this week, who I think they should beat. Um, and then they got East Ashton and King City, and that's when we'll figure out what this King City team really is. They're in weeks five and six. They also then have Southwest and the finish year with South Hole on the road and then Mound City. So, We'll really know at the last five weeks of the year what this Rockport team really is um, in 2021. Um, next game here, uh, Mount City Albany, a really good game as well. Albany's able to pull out a 40 to 32 win, and um, I'm not sure what's up in Mount City this year. They're one and two as well. Lost to Platte Valley and Albany by a combined 18 points. Uh, they beat up on Stewartsville Osborne in week two. I just don't. I think they're a middle of the road 275 conference team this year, where the conference isn't great. So I don't have a whole lot of high expectations for Mountain City this year. Um, if you're Albany, I thought they would win by more kind of deal. I do think that, uh, Doug Fountain is one of the best disciplinary coaches in the state. Their teams are always so well coached and so ready to go each and every week. They're just a fun watch because they're supposed to be in their positions every time. They almost always aren't. If not, they are the next time because you, you know you, they're going to be. I was kind of surprised with their week two results versus Stanbury, but I put that more on Stanbury just being a machine than anything against Albany in that one. So that's what I have for that one. So good win for Albany. Uh, get back on the track. I think it kind of shows 
Um, I think Albany is the fourth or fifth best team in the, in the GRC, and that might be where Mountain City is in the 275. And Albany's getting a big win there, kind of showing the GRC, I think, is the better conference this year. I think most people will agree with me on that point. Uh, Keatsville-Bramer. Bramer won 62-36. to I know there was a couple of things said this week. Um, that might have been Bramer's first home win since joining eight-man football. And I went back to the records that I had, and I thought the first year – yeah, so the first year that they were in eight-man football, week two they played Pattonsburg, and I could have swore that game was in Bramer um, for their first eight-man win was also at home. Let me just double-check that while I'm air real quick. I just – something that I saw that I, just, I thought I'd written down correctly um, when I was going through the schedule and everything. Let me just look here. I'm going to pull up the 2016. Yeah. So their first win as an eight-man team was also a home win, but it was in 2016, 38-20 over Pattonsburg. So I know a couple of coaches were uh, – a couple of things that were very much saying that was their first home win as an eight-man team. Uh, they started in 2016. Uh, but, no, they beat Pattonsburg at home in, week, in the first year of eight-man um, – in 2016, 2017, they won two games um, at North Shelby and then at Stewartsville in the playoffs. So, uh, Mustard wins in 2017, 18 and 19, they went winless. Then last year, they did beat Keatsville um, as well. And where was that game at? And that game was at Keatsville. So, uh, I'm going to update on that on my kind of schedule as well, just so that it's up to date. So we should be good there on that one. I just wanted to make sure that I had that correct on my side. So yeah, that's Bramer's second win at home and since being eight-man in 2016. And that's a big one. I mean, they haven't had a whole lot of wins anyways kind of right now in their eight-man existence. Um, it's only their fifth win and second at home. So every win matters. Uh, don't want to take anything away from it. I just want to get the, the correction there on the history there a little bit with Bramer in that one. So, But good win for Bramer. Absolutely good win for Bramer. Keatsville, they're trying to score a little more points. So that's fun for them. It's just they're just a little bit of ways away. They got Stewartsville this week, which should actually be a very good football game uh, to see which kind of figure out the bottom of the conference, a little bottom of the state a little bit there. Um, next game, um, Appleton City, Jasper. Jasper, 64-8. to Jasper's pretty good. I think they're top 15 to 20 team, depending on how you kind of rank those middle of the, middle of the middle pack in the eight-man football. Appleton City, they're bottom tier for me. Um, so big win for Jasper. Game I went to on Saturday, Knox County at Northland, hosting Northland Christian. Uh, Northland has the athletes on the outside. They just up front, they just don't have it at this point. They're just not overly big. And um, Knox County has some good size, has a really good athlete there in Branson Miller. Braden Miller, a good athlete too. Um, I don't remember the kid's name now, but he's the receiver on the outside. And he's like 6'6 or something, like 6'4. He's a tall kid. Let me see if I have, let me see here. Uh, Jacob Becker, a senior for him. Um, he's a really good-sized kid there on the outside as well. So I was very intrigued with them. Um, kind of, I didn't know a whole lot about the Eagles going into that game. Um, a couple of names. Uh, Rylan Roberts, a quarterback. I thought he played really well, really controlled the offense a little bit there. He only played about a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, and they sat him down for the rest of the game kind of deal just to make sure he didn't get – he had a little bit banged up, and I think he's good to go going forward. as something they had any reason to risk it kind of there for the rest of the game. Uh, Carter Marble, good linebacker for him. Uh, really controls the middle of the field. Good at um, guard as well for him. Um, another kid I want to get a quick shout-out to, Braxton McCurran. Um, he wears number 54, 
but he's a running back and defensive lineman for him. And he plays kind of a fullback role, and he runs really hard. I was really impressed with him as well. He played well defensively um, for Knox County as well. So I thought it was really interesting with him. Got to need to mention as well as Austin Jansen. Um, played well there at running back as well. So, But Branson Miller's a fun athlete. He's just a really fun athlete to have there for Knox County. He's he's not overly big, but I think their coach said he set a school record. Now he's got 14 interceptions in his career um, now. So he's been very impressive. None last year. So he had a bunch of freshmen and sophomore year. Um, really good player there for the Eagles. And he's going to be fun for me to watch again this week uh, going forward. I like Knox's scheme on offense. I think it really gets their athletes in space a little bit and kind of highlights their best abilities. And I love seeing that as well. They move Branson Miller all around the field. And it's really tough to kind of game plan for. I think it's really interesting what they do over there. Uh, Pattonsburg, North Andrew. North Andrew, this game was close for a while. The North Andrew kind of took the reins and won this game. Um, it looked like Ecker played on defense, but not offense for North Andrew. Kind of getting his feet wet before they go into the second half of their schedule here. Um, but, yeah, North Andrew's pretty decent. I mean, Andrew Goff, uh, Linville getting some more reps underneath them. Chittam's back. They're getting healthy at the right time kind of deal here. They need to get healthy the next couple of weeks. They got Northland, and then they have um, St. Joe Christian. So, yeah, both the Christian schools here in the area, and then they play Stanbury in week six. So they want to get healthy and ramp up in that Stanbury game and see if they can't pull off an upset there in week six. So that's just a game to kind of keep an eye on going forward. Um. So good win there for North Andrew. Uh, Norway Valley at Platte Valley. Uh, Norway Valley uh, loses 54-26 as Platte Valley gets the first Battle of the Valley trophy. Uh, good win there for Platte. Um, just, they got some nice little athletes across the board there. Um, let me see if I can get their roster kind of pulled up here so I know exactly. who. Aiden Blackford at quarterback, everybody kind of knows him. Uh, but Carter Luke, 340 yards and five touchdowns through three games. Uh, Jackson McCrary runs hard. Hayden Ferry. Um, as well, uh, they'll get Tyler V. I'm not going to try to say his last name, but he's going to be back this week as well. Tight end, um, Brandon McQueen, Wyatt Tobin. They got some good athletes across the board there at Platte Valley, and they might be 3 0 at this point if they don't get COVID and lose most of their roster playing Rockport. So, this is a team to kind of look out, take a look out for. They do have South Holt this week, which I think is a very interesting game, um, kind of going forward. So, just one thing to kind of watch and look out for uh, this week. But good win for them over Nottoway Valley. Nottoway Valley, um, based on everything I've heard, Gavin Leeper out for the year while they're starting running backs. Um, it's like a leg injury. I, I know Gavin. I coached Gavin in basketball two years ago. Tough kid. It just He's had some injury issues, and that just stinks for him to see as well. But I think he's opened up the door for a kid like Clay Hansen to get some carries. And um, from what I heard, he played pretty well there against Platte Valley later in that game. Um, he's runs hard. The kid works hard. So Blake Bohannon at quarterback, um, Dawson Fast, and Hunter, Hunter Dawson. Um, Will Cordell, they got some good athletes over there at Nolly Valley. He's got to get some things figured out. I think James Hur is out this week for him as well, which is a big loss, um, literally and figuratively. So they got some things to figure out there at Nolly Valley, but I think they're they're more competitive than they have been in the past when they're just uh, Northwest Nottaway. So um, next game, Lockwood at Rich Hill. Lockwood uh, won 58 nothing. I'm not sure what's up with Rich Hill right now. Uh, I know Mc, McFrederick's a good quarterback, but they haven't put up any points the last two weeks against Archie and Jasper. Um, sorry, against Archie and then Lockwood. Maybe those teams are just that much better. I'm not sure. It's just kind of uh, weird to see for them right now. Um, going into the year, I kind of wondered if they were big enough up front, and that might be the issue right now. I haven't watched much of their games, but that's just something I'm just kind of – wary of going to them. They had some skill guys. It just I don't know if they had the line play 
to be able to withstand some punishment like from other teams. Um, Santa Fe beating up on Senior Christian, 68-18. to 18. Uh, Santa Fe is a great story, by the way. I mean, last year, the first year in eight-man, I believe the record was 1-8, 1-7. It wasn't great. Um, let me look that up real quick. Yeah, 1-7. They had two games canceled to COVID, which were worth counting in Rich Hill, so they probably would have gone 1-9 last year if we're looking at it honestly. Um, so if you look at that, lost North Shelby, lost the Aggies, lost to Oric, Lutheran, Oric again, losing to Bramer. Oh, sorry, they beat Bramer. There was one win last year. Uh, lost to Jasper, then lost to Concordia in the playoffs. And this year they came out, and they're just playing much better. And it's really kind of interesting to see. They're already 3-0, tripled their wins from last year. And based on the hearing everything I've heard, based on everything I've heard over there, their, their seniors are really bought in. They're really leading by example there. And the, kind of the players are taking control of the locker room and setting an example that way. And it's less on the coaches at that point. It's on the players to, to police themselves and hold themselves accountable. And when that happens, that's when you have a team that can really go uh, places and really exceed expectations a little bit there. And they're doing that. They got two guys over 300 yards rushing this year, almost two over 400. Um, Owen Hostetter has 39 carries for 484 yards and 16 touchdowns, while Parker Tymon, their quarterback, 30 for 396 and eight touchdowns. Uh, Cole Hostetter also chipping in 185 and two scores as well, only 20 carries. So very impressive. They don't throw the ball a whole lot, but they really don't need to um, also. So I'll get to some of the stats in just a minute, but um, – They've really impressed me with their offensive output early this year. I know their schedule hasn't been a gauntlet. I mean, they've played Keatsville, Northland Christian, and St. Joe Christian, so they're supposed to put up a lot of points in those games. Um, but they've just been really impressive with what I've seen them kind of do here. Because so I believe Hossetter leads the state. In, oh, no, he's third in the state in rushing, only behind Alex Reinhardt and Parker Muff. Pretty good company there. You're still ahead of Kale Wendy, Jacob Coffey, um, Meriwether is teammate Timon, Xander Madsen, Mitchell Avalos, and Tucker Sheeper for top ten. So a lot of good runners there, and to see two Santa Fe guys in the top ten, I think is very intriguing uh, with them. The Chiefs are a very good running game, running team. Never thought I'd say that. I hope um, Coach Dean uh, clips that of me saying the Chiefs are a good running team, or Anthony can do it too. I don't care. Um, just want to get that out there for everybody to enjoy that. Um, okay. So yeah, that's what we got. Good one for Santa Fe. Santa Christian is not going to be great this year. They're still getting some growing pains. Uh, we'll see how they kind of develop as the year goes on. And then Southwest Livingston um, scored six points the first two weeks combined. Uh, put up 90 against DeKalb, 190 to 40. Uh, DeKalb just can't stop anybody. Livingston's trying to figure some things out on offense, or they may just play DeKalb. I don't know. Uh, but good first win, first um, varsity win for Will Hughes. Uh, Wes Hughes' little brother there, Southwest Livingston. Um, just a sophomore. So Southwest has some younger athletes. They just got to figure some things out. They just got to, they're they're a little ways away from being real competitive in the conference, but they can beat teams like the Cab and Stewartsville this year, and we'll see what they do against some other teams as the year kind of goes on. So that was um, week three. Oric was out due to COVID. Uh, they're supposed to play they're supposed to play Concordia. Stewartsville Osborne is out due to lack of players against Rockport. Um, and I know Misha early in the week put that as a as a forfeit loss. It is not. They actually uh, labeled it as just a no contest. Since Rockford was getting other games, so Stewart's field record is still 0-2 for purposes of Misha seeding and stuff like that. And then Greenfield had a bye. They couldn't quite get a schedule. They were in talks with Rockport a little bit, but that kind of fell through a little bit, so they weren't able to get that game uh, kind of going. So I'm going to take a quick break here. Um, we're about 23 minutes in or so. Take a quick break. When I come back, we'll look at week four and some of the stats as well from across the state. And welcome back into Straight Up Sports as we look at week four here. Osceola at number one, Stanberry. 
Uh, I'm going to run through the top 10 pretty quickly here because there's not a whole lot of good games for top 10 matchups this week. Um, just not a great look of schedule for week four. Uh, Stanbury should roll over Osceola. Number two, King City should win fairly easily at Pattonsburg. Uh, number three, Drexel at Rich Hill. Drexel should win fairly easily. I'm, not, I'm still, I think Rich Hill might go three weeks in a row without scoring. We'll see. Um, number four, East Atchison at DeCab. Uh, probably be another shutout for East Atchison in that one. DeCab just not great. So, um, North Shelby, number five at Schuyler County. Again, should be another blowout winner for the road team. Uh, four of the five teams in the top five are on the road this week, and they all got some teams at the bottom of the state right now. So I think those four teams all roll. Um, Albany at Worth County, this is the best matchup from the ranked teams. Um, Albany, kind of team I consider for the top ten still, and Worth County uh, there at number six. I just think Worth County wins this game. I'm not sure by how much. I think it's a very interesting gauge to see Worth County where they're, where they're really act. I know how bad Stanbury beat Albany. I want to see where this game kind of goes and if it's more competitive, where to kind of fit Worth County. If Worth County also takes care of Albany, maybe Albany just not as good as I kind of expected. So we're going to see what this one's a very interesting gauge game for these two teams in the conference. And these two teams right now, if you look at it with the North Andrew there, they're battling for third place in the conference. So this is a huge game for them to try to possibly get in there. It's also for district seedings. Uh, they're in the same district there in district number four, which is a loaded district. You have to get every win possible in that district to get a higher seed. It's going to be really tough um, to see how that kind of goes in that one. Uh, Bramer at number seven, Oric. Uh, Gimme Oric. I know still no Jackson Miller, I believe, this week for Oric. Um, but the rest of the roster should be back and intact a little bit there. So give me the Bearcats to take care of business there. Uh, number eight, Arch, Archie at, at Jasper. This is a really interesting game for me personally. I thought this is a game I considered going to, but I decided to go in a different direction because I might be going to Archie's game next couple of weeks. So I didn't want to go there, see them three straight weeks. I want to kind of spread out, out a little bit. Um, but I think they have two interesting games coming up. So that's why I did not go to this Archie-Jasper game. Um I think Archie does win this. I think Jasper is a solid team. It can give them a little fits. Um, Avalos, Rivera, um, who's their other running back there? I'm taking myself for not knowing this. Jasper does not throw the ball, though. <laughs> I know that. I've looked at their stats this year. They are 0 for 5 passing. I know they lost their starting quarterback um, in week one, but they, they didn't attempt a single pass in week one. They attempted five in week two and didn't attempt any in week three. Um, so 0 for 5 passing through a pick. So one completed pass was to the other team. So they just, Eagles, not good throwing the ball. Between Avalos, Metcalf, um, and Rivera, they got three really good running backs there, all over 250. Rivera's got 250, uh, Metcalf has 257, and Avalos has 385. And they combined for, I think it's 19 touchdowns between the three of them, four for Rivera, six for Avalos, and nine for Metcalf. Um, so just, I think it's really, I think they're a very interesting team. They're going to pound the heck out of running the ball. That's what they're going to do a little bit. So I think it's very they're a very intriguing team that way. Um, Hayden Lamasters and Metcalf lead the defense right now. Um, guys like Braden Sturgeon, Noah Neeler, um, and others there on defense. So I think Jasper's a very interesting team. That, that loss at Lockwood's going to sting a little bit, especially because if you end up back-to-back in the district standings down there in District 1, it uh, gives Lockwood the advantage for a possible 3-seed or a 2-seed, depending on how things kind of work out uh, in the schedule there. Uh, but this could be a good game for Jasper if they get a win over Archie. And maybe create some chaos if RTB is Lockwood later in the year. There could be a three-way kind of tiebreaker situation with those three teams uh, there, which I think they're going to be vying for the second seed there. I think Drexel's going to get the one seed in the Wemo, in that sorry, in the District Eight, which is the Wemo plus Lockwood and Greenfield at this point. Um, and then if you look at Archie, um, Briar McIntyre, three thirty-five and seven touchdowns, only one pick this year uh, so far passing. 
Uh, Caden Sutton, 245 rushing, eight touchdowns. McIntyre with 167 with five touchdowns. Uh, McCoy's also chipped in about a buck 80 and a touchdown as well. Um, so they've been able to control that. Donovan Huser, I think is his last name. Um, how you pronounce that? Um, 207 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, one of the higher best receivers in the state there yardage-wise. I know there's a couple guys above him, but he's done quite a bit with only six catches this year. So something to look out there for them as well. Um, I think they're a very interesting team, a very young team, but uh, very competitive so far this year. I think they're going to be a team that I think next year's going to be even better. But I think this year they've still got a lot of good players who are sophomores and juniors. And then you also have guys like Christian Ward at seniors who can help lead them um, through the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, Huser is actually sixth in the state in passing receptions. I'll get to the other five guys, uh, two with Pattons or two with Knox, and the one with Skyler County who are above him. Three teams that really like to air the ball out as well. So Archie's not quite that way. They're a little more balanced, but that's kind of interesting in that game. Uh, but give me Archie to win that one as well. Uh, number nine, Bishop LeBlanc at St. Joe Christian, their first ever football meeting, despite being in the same city because for a long time Christian was eight-man, LeBlanc was 11-man. As soon as LeBlanc went eight-man, Christian went up to – 11-man, and now St. Joe Christian is back, and they're playing for the first time in St. Joe Christian's field. I think LeBlanc wins this easily, though. So give me the Golden Eagles in this one. Uh, number 10, Rockport at Nawi Valley. Talked about this earlier. I think Nawi Valley is a little too banged up. Rockport kind of rolling right now. and they smell blood in the water, they kind of jump a little bit there. I think they're going to start 4-0 um, and get into that Week 5 game against East Atchison, which we'll kind of figure out then um, how good Rockport really is this season which they host East Ashton next week. But, yeah, give me Rockport to be Nolly Valley. Um, then, again, that's very interesting. Two lower-level teams in Stewartsville-Osborne at Keatsville. Uh, kind of went back and forth on this. I, I'm leaning towards Stewartsville right now. Uh, but with their injury situation, it might just be Keatsville's chance to get their first eight-man win. I'm just not going to say they're going to at this point. I don't want to jinx anything for the Thunder over there with Keatsville. But give me Stewartsville-Osborne to get a win here over Keatsville. And, and Stewartsville needs this win, or else their only other chance for a win this year is DeCab. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Greenfield at Liberal, kind of a coin flip team. I'm not sure with either one. They're both one and two. Um, I know Greenfield beat Osceola in week two. Liberal, uh, they beat Concordia in week two. So they both started 0-1, one week two, and then lost last week um, in kind of blowout fashion for both these teams. Uh, sorry, Greenfield's 1-1. They didn't play last week. Um, who Greenfield lose to week one? Oh, Greenfield lost to Rich Hill week one, which I don't think is a great loss for Greenfield. I think Rich Hill kind of dominated that game a little bit. So I'm going to take Liberal in this one. Don't feel great about it, but I'm taking the Bulldogs to beat the Wildcats. Um, Next, Appleton City, Lockwood. Lockwood should roll in that one as well. Uh, Southwest Livingston at Mountain City. Last year, this was a top two matchup in the state. This year, both the teams outside the top ten. Um, neither one really that close to the top ten ranking right now, uh, but giving Mountain City uh, to win this one at home over Southwest Livingston. Uh, Northland Christian, North Andrew. Uh, North Andrew just too big and too physical up front. They're going to be able to run the ball down Northland's third a little bit there. Uh, so give me North Andrew. Northland's got some things to figure out still. It's just a tough matchup there. Then they're playing North Andrew, a team that's really seasoned kind of deal. And Northland's still learning learn the ropes a little bit. But Northland gets a buy next week before they go play Northern Harden Central. So maybe they can use that time to – Rest up a little bit, get healthy, and then possibly get a win in week six. <clears throat> um, Concordia at St. Paul Lutheran, the battle for Concordia. 
Uh, but I think St. Paul Lutheran is going to win this one. Uh, they're just really good this year. I don't know, not sure if Concordia can hang with them. But it's kind of an interesting game, just back and forth. I know it's a rivalry game, so a lot can happen. I know last year's game was close. Uh, St. Paul Lutheran was off for two straight weeks before they could have even played on a, mon- on a I think it was a Monday uh, or a Saturday. I guess they played on a Saturday. And it was only because they had COVID, and they could, that's the first day they could actually play was on a Saturday. They hadn't practiced in two weeks, and they still won that game after falling behind late early. They were able to kind of wake up a little bit and win the game. It's hard to play after not practicing for two weeks. They were able to do and get a win last year, and this year they're fully healthy. So give me St. Paul Lutheran. Uh, Norbert Harden Central at Santa Fe. Uh, give me the Chiefs in this one. I think they're just going to be able to run. Um, at Norbert Harden Central, the Aggies dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Uh, Santa Fe gets a 4-0 in the year, which I did not see that coming um, early in the season. They got Concordia next week, could start 5-0, and and then their schedule really picks up. We'll get that later in the year. Uh, Platte Valley South Holt. This is a game that could possibly decide for a top four team in the conference a little bit here. Um, I'm going to take South Holt to beat Platte Valley, actually. I think Platte Valley's maybe shown a little bit more this year. Uh, I know South Holt losing the Worth County EA. Um, really disappointing game showing up versus EA last week. But usually with Josh Peterson teams, after kind of a flat performance one week, the next week the kids really come out fired up and he gets them kind of back on track the next week. Um, I think it's going to be a good sign here against Platte Valley. I think it'll be a heck of a football game, though. I just want to see if South Holt can kind of respond to getting pushed back a little bit against a better Platte Valley team than they've seen in the past. Uh, but give me South Holt uh, to beat Platte Valley. And the last game, the game I'm going to is Knox County at Northwest Hughesville. Um, said earlier, Northwest Hughesville, I think they're the best one and two team in the in the state this year. Uh, Knox County at three and zero. Other they're a team that get a lot of wins this year. Um, and they've shown that so far this season with wins over Skyler. And then who would they beat in week two? Uh, Norbert Harden Central week two, and they beat Northland Christian last week. I think they're getting better and better each week. They're trying to figure things out at the eight-man level. And it's still football. There's some schematic things. that I think they're doing really well at this point. I can tell they've asked some coaches around the state what they kind of do, and they're kind of incorporating their, their own little way. And they're getting Branson Miller the ball in um, good spots. This is the best defense they'll play so far this year. Northwest Hughesville can play some defense. Um, Caden Crooker leads the state in tackles with 55 through three weeks. And he's a kid who may not be the fastest kid, um, but he plays a D-line slash linebacker role for him, depending on the offense that they're playing. Um, and he reads really he reads the offense really well, gets in the backfield. He's a really good football player. Tanner Damlo on offense is tough to stop. Uh, they they struggled last week in St. Paul Lutheran, a little bit of issues with the snaps and stuff like that. They really got it figured out, and they will this week. Um, so I'm leaning to take Northwest Hughesville in this game to get back to 2-2. Two and two. They need to win this week. This is a huge week for Northwest Hughesville. They want to kind of sustain where they're at a little bit and not fall too far back in their district even alone because their district looks a lot tougher now than it did at the beginning of the season with the rise of Knox and Santa Fe. I thought, okay, you had North Shelby. I think Lutheran and Hughesville are both decent, and then – kind of a drop-off. But now Santa Fe and Knox County both look pretty decent, and it could mean trouble a little bit here. Because if you look at Hughesville's schedule, they got Knox County, they got at Oric, at Concordia, Santa Fe, and Norman Harden Central, and then LeBlanc to end the year. Look at the last six weeks. I think they got three or four tough games there with Knox, Oric, Santa Fe, and LeBlanc. I think you have to go at least two and two in those games. Two and two, three and one. Um, if you go three and one, you're in six and three on the year. I think you're in good shape. Um, and if 
that's where I'm kind of at with them right now. They got to win some of these tough games. They kind of the pick 'em games. They got to win one at this point. That's where I'm at with Northwest Hughesville. And I think they will this week. So I think I'm gonna take the Mustangs, the Grimstangs, as they say, I like to say, in this one over Knox County. But I think it's gonna be a heck of a football game, and I can't wait to see the athletes that both athletes that both teams have uh, play on the field. It should be a lot of fun in that one. And then, so we got a few minutes left here in the podcast. I'm gonna go through some of the stat leaders. It's uh, kind of top five and. Passing, rushing, and receiving so far this year. And this is with the teams that have posted stats. Uh, I know I'm missing a couple games from LeBlonde. I'm missing the last game from Knox. I'm missing the last game from Bramer. And then I'm missing games um, from a few other teams who haven't posted stats at all. And they know who they kind of are. I'm missing one game from Rich Hill as well, waiting for Coach Liggins to send me their stats uh, for this past week. Uh, but if we look at the top five passers, it's Zane Reed from Pattonsburg with 738. Seth Martin from Northland Christian with 575. Connor Smith from Skyler with six with 566. Christian Bobson from St. Paul Lutheran with 386. And then Tanner Damlow from Northwest Hughesville with 382. Um, other guys, Stoneburner from North Shelby, McIntyre from Archie, Bohannon from Nawi Valley, Roberts from, from Knox, and Tatmeyer from Concordia. And I think the kid from Knox, uh, Roberts, he might average over 400 yards this year. So he might be like the fourth highest passer so far this year. So I think he's a really fun player. Uh, Reed actually leads the state in passing touchdowns with 13. Behind him in second place, Jacob Coffey, the running back turned quarterback with 10 passing touchdowns through three weeks. There's your shout-out. They do have a passing game this year, but we'll see what they do uh, later this year when they have um, their, their schedule kind of picks up a little bit. Um, Aiden Gladstone, eight touchdowns for Worth County. McIntyre of Archie has seven, along with Tatmeyer from Concordia, Martin from Christian, Damlo from Hughesville, and Connor Smith from Skyler. Uh, Bohannon and Dobbins both have six apiece. So that's your top passers in the state right now. <clears throat> uh, rushing yards, uh, top two, as I said earlier, Reinhardt from Worth County and Parker Muff from King City. Reinhardt, 574, and Muff, 528. Um, Hostetter from Santa Fe, 484. Gail Windy, Jacob Coffey, Merriweather, Tymon, Matson, Avalos, and Sheber. Um, all those guys are between 470 and 360 kind of deal in that kind of range. Um, so a lot of good running backs this year. I think we have already 14 guys over 300 yards rushing this year with a couple guys who are over 250 as well. Top 20 guys in the state are, uh, or so over 250. So we're going to have quite a few guys who I think are going to get over 1,000 yards again this year. Should be a, If guys can stay healthy, it should be a really fun year um, across the state. Uh, leading rusher in touchdowns, Hossetter from Santa Fe with 16. Muff has 13. Merriweather from EA has 11. Nine apiece for Kipper Klein from Albany and Metcalf from Jasper. Eight apiece for Caden Sutton from Archie, Jacob Coffey from Drexel, and Parker Tyman from Santa Fe. Uh, Reinhardt also has seven. And a bunch of guys with six who are tied there for that 10th spot. I'm not go through all of them in that one. <clears throat> and then receiving top five guys, Dante Birch from Northland Christian at 374. Brody Langfitt from Pattonsburg with 340. Uh, Branson Miller from Knox County with 271 without missing the last game. Uh, he's probably around 350 or so, so he might have passed Langfitt. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not that much. We'll see where his stats kind of came out too. Uh, Mason Humphrey from Skyler, 258. Uh, Sam Coyne from Pattonsburg, 208. Uh, Huser from Archie, 207. Ryder Abney from Concordia, 201. And then the last three guys, um, Tyler Swayback from Stanbury, 170. Dawson Fast from Nawi Valley, 170, 167. And actually the next two guys are both Hughesville kids, um, Teichner and Crosswhite, both with 147 and 133 respectively in that one. Uh, guys with at least four p- receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, Langfitt and Birch both have seven. 
Abney with one from Cordia, uh, Humphrey from Skyler with five, and then four apiece for Huser and Miller for Knox. I think Miller might have caught a touchdown as well. He might be a five. I can't remember his stats. They haven't quite posted their official ones yet, so I'm still waiting for those. And then a bunch of guys with seven from around the state, a couple of Drexel kids, um, and Day Ringer and LaHue, Carell from LeBlanc, who that was only one game, so he might actually have a few more, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Dawson Fast, Cross White, Teichner, Sam Coyne, Tyler Swayback, all the kind of the usual suspects uh, there with that uh, for receiving. And then total offense, uh, your top five, Zane Reed from Pattonsburg, Jacob Coffey from Drexel, Seth Martin from Northland, Reinhardt from North County, and Kale Stoneburner from North Shelby. All over 600. Coffey is at 749. And then Reed is actually at 855 um, for total offense this year. Coffey, total touchdowns right now with 19. Hossetter 16, Reed 15, Muff 13, and then 12 apiece for McIntyre and Merriweather. So that's your leading offensive players kind of so far this year. Um, top in defensive stats as well, because, yes, defense does matter as well. Uh, top five in tackles, Caden Crooker from Northwest Hughesville at 55, Will Cordell from Nolly Valley and Dawson Eichner from North Andrew, both with 39, 38 for Pearson Teichner from Northwest Hughesville, and 37 for Xander Matson from DeKalb. Uh, tackles for loss, um, number one, you have Christian Anderson from St. Paul Lutheran with 14. <coughs> and then a second place, Colton Stevens from Rockport with 10. Nine for Michael Makings from Rockport with – he's in third place with nine. Uh, in fourth place, tie between Jarrett Hunter from Rockport with eight and Kale Windy from Skyler with eight as well. And there's four guys with seven. Uh, Schluter from East Ashton, Munter from Drexel, Herf from Nottoway Valley, and Kirby from St. Paul Lutheran, so I want to give them a little shout-out. With seven tackles for loss through three weeks, it's very impressive. Uh, leaders in sacks, um, Christian Anderson, five-and-a-half leads the state. Jacob Chittam, North Andrew, has five. Caden Crooker has four for Hughesville. Ethan Weber, he has three, along with Kayla Merriweather and Aaron Schluter from East Action, Coffee and Popwell from Drexel, Owen Graham from North Andrew, and Kirby from North from St. Paul Lutheran. Also, Tyler Swayback from Stanbury has three as well. So that's kind of your guys who are leading in the sacks for the year. And then finally, interceptions. Um, leader right now, Xander Stevenson from Oric has four. Three for Parker Tymon from Santa Fe. And then a bunch of guys with two. Uh, I think there's like 13 of those guys. I'm not going to go through all of them. So that's your leading stat, um, stat guys right now on the season. You guys can see all this information if you go to the Google Doc that is posted on the Facebook um, on the pinned post, you can see everything from our website that Anthony and I, that Anthony put together, that I also help with. So the Mo Eight Man Co- Foot website, the Mo Eight Man Coaches website, and there's different Google links there. Whether it's for the team pages, scores, standing, and schedules, all that stuff there with some history as well. Uh, you can see a mock of the bracket right now, where everybody would be how the bracket would shape out if the season ended today. Um, and also, the last um, link is for the stats that are updated for this season. Uh, I know you can see most of the stats on Max Preps. There's a few on Huddle. But if you look at that, it's going to have the comprehensive list for everything from either those two. And also, a few coaches just send me their stats directly, and I post them to our Google Doc as well. That'll be the most accurate place for the stats at this point uh, to see everybody in the state where you kind of rank. That's where you need to go with that. It's color-coded. It's really easy to read. Hope you guys enjoy that. Also, the last beat there has some team scoring. So, for example, Drexel leads state in, in, in offense, 77.3 points per game. Top five, Santa Fe at 76 points, Worth County at 67.3, East Atchison at 65.3, and Archie at 63. Top five on defense, EA at two points allowed per game, only that first touchdown week one. Um, 
and then Drexel 6.7, Archie is 8.7, North Shelby 8.7, and Oric at 10 points a game uh, through two games played for them. So that's your top five in points scored and points allowed, point differential. Number one is Drexel averaging winning by 70.7 points per game. EA averaging a win by 63.3 points. Worth County winning by 56 a game. Archie by 54.3. And then Santa Fe by 52.2 points per game in that one. And the final thing I was going to do here, I'm not sure I'm going to pull it up in time or not, um, is I kind of went through all the teams. And I kind of went – I didn't want to rank everybody 1 through 36. But what I did was kind of looked at all the teams. Okay, which tier do these teams kind of fit in um, with this? So the way I kind of did it was tier 1. I had five teams in there. The top five teams in the poll, Stanbury, King City, Drexel, EA, North Shelby. And the five best teams, five teams I can see that could win a state championship. I would not be surprised if any of these five teams won state this year. At this point, what they've shown in the season, I think they're five true, legit state contenders. Two are in the same district, EA and Stanbury. The other three are kind of not number one seeds, in my opinion, in their districts and kind of the favorites to make the state. In this one, uh, tier two, these are four teams who I think of an outside shot of winning state. Maybe a couple of them have a decent shot. I just couldn't quite put them in the top five teams at this point. I need to see a little bit more before I can put them in that echelon at this point. And no particular order, it's Oric, Worth County, Archie, and St. Paul Lutheran. I think these top nine teams should be the easiest teams to vote for in the top 10. They should all be locks in the top 10, in my opinion. I know St. Paul Lutheran isn't, but I think they should be. I think they're one of the top nine teams in the state. I think that 10th spot has been the toughest part for me this week in ranking teams because of tiers three and four. You can make an argument for any of these teams to be ranked right now. So tier three, next five teams, no particular order, but Knox, Bishop of Blonde, Albany, North Andrew, Northwest Hughesville. I think all these teams are very good and will be a pain in the butt to play in the playoffs. Easily could win. Just three team, five teams here who I could definitely argue for a top 10 ranking. I actually put Knox at number 10 just because I knew LeBlanc was going to get ranked this week. They have been the last couple of weeks. They were going to get more momentum there, starting 3-0. and I wanted to give Knox County some love. I was the only person that voted for him. I thought they deserved some love in the top 10. I'm not sure if they're going to stay there or not, but I think they deserve some some credit going forward. I know Santa Fe got a vote in there as well. Um, North Andrew got a vote. Some some teams who I think are, are worthy of votes kind of deal. Um, I think Northwest Hughesville, North Andrew, I think they're both much better in their 1-2 and two record, and that's why I have them in Tier 3. Uh, tier four, I have two, four, six, seven teams in this tier. I probably could have bumped one up in tier three, but anywhere from Lockwood, Jasper, I know they had a really close overtime game, South Holt, Rockport, Platte Valley, Santa Fe, Mound City. You see four 275 conference teams. I'm not sure how they're going to shape up there in those three, those four teams. And when they play each other this year, how it's going to balance out. Um, I don't think Rockport's a surefire 10 spot. I know a lot of people have voted them in the polls. I don't get it personally, them at 10. Um, a lot of people have a nine. I don't get that personally. I don't think I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a top ten team at this point. Uh, I think Lockwood and Jasper are better. I think South Holt's probably better. Platte Valley might have been if they've been fully healthy, but we will never know if Rockport gets that win. I think Santa Fe is in this group. I want to see Santa Fe after a couple of weeks when their schedule kind of toughens up. They play some of these upper echelon teams. How they fare versus them before I jump them in the tier three kind of deal. That's where I'm at with Santa Fe. They're just kind of a wait to see kind of deal with them. Uh, tier five, I got four teams in this one. Pattonsburg, Norway Valley, Northland Christian, and Rich Hill. Teams that will beat on the bottom tier teams, but can't jump up to that next tier and compete with those teams. They're kind of in a no-man land there in the middle. Um, to the lower middle of the state kind of deal. 
Uh, tier six, Liberal, Livingston, Bramer, Norbert Hardin, Central Concordia, uh, teams that are really going to struggle some weeks, but when they play teams that are equally or less talented, they're going to be able to show out and play really well. And there's a little bit, I trust them a little bit less than I have in the tier five teams. And then tier seven, these are the teams that are really going to struggle this year. Appleton, Skyler, Greenfield, Osceola, Stewartsville, uh, Sandro Christian, DeCab, Keatsville. So the final eight teams in the state there I have in that final tier, I think they're just kind of down there. They're they're a year or two away. They're really young. They're low on numbers, whatever it may be. They're just going to struggle a bit this year. And uh, I'd like to see one of these teams kind of jump out of this one, but I don't see it happening at this point. They're just kind of teams that are tough uh, to trust week in, week out to be competitive versus when they play teams in tier four or higher. It's been really tough to kind of trust them at this point. So I know a couple of teams play each other this week with Stewartsville playing Keatsville and uh, Greenfield actually playing Liberal, who's actually in a tier above them. But that's a game that maybe Greenfield, if they win that game, can jump from tier seven to tier six kind of deal. That's how I kind of looked at it. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting with it um, and how I kind of ranked them and everything. Um, but, yeah, it's a really interesting um, season so far. I think this week's going to be kind of a lull. I think going to be a lot of blowouts. I think Anthony's going to have a hard time writing the article this week just because there's going to be a lot of 70 to 6 games. I think that's what's going to happen this week, which is kind of rough. Um, I'm glad to go back to Hughesville. Haven't been there since District Week 1 last year. Um, so good to go back to Hughesville on Friday night. Um, then we get ready for Week 5. And I think Week 5 will be a very interesting one. I'm still not quite sure where I'm going to go. Uh, games I'm kind of looking at. Worth County, King City, and um, LeBlanc at Archie. Um, I think Knox at North Shelby is a very interesting game. Uh, but I'm probably not driving three hours to go that one. But especially if Knox wins this week. 4-0 versus 4-0. Man, that'd be a fun game. But I can't <laughs> I can't go three hours. It's a long ways um, for that one. I think Hughesville, Oric. Very, especially if Hughesville wins this week. That could be a game two and two versus uh, three and zero. Oh. Uh, be huge for that side of the conference kind of deal there, and another uh, big game. And that one, EA Rockport can be a top ten matchup. Uh, Concordia Santa Fe. Just kind of want to see how Santa Fe kind of handles it. Um, so yeah, there's some interesting games uh, next week for sure. I wish a couple of those games were actually this week, so I could go to maybe a little be a little better pool to pick from. I think Anthony's going to Northland Christian versus North Andrew, uh, just to get a look at North Andrew kind of deal. Um, and he likes Coach Bass. I do too. So we'll see what happens there. But we're getting to the nitty gritty. Um, after this week, we'll be about halfway through the season, um, the regular season, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, we're getting in here to the middle of September, getting close to October, and things kind of really amp up in the football season. So thanks, guys, for listening uh, to this 50 minute podcast. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, thanks for following us. Get us to keep following us on Facebook and Twitter. I think we're over 2,000. Uh, likes or follows on Facebook and I know we're over 1900 followers on Twitter so keep liking and um, liking us on both Facebook and Twitter uh, like our Instagram as well uh, let me see how many viewers we have on Instagram at this point how many followers uh, crossed over 200 followers on on Twitter on sorry Instagram so we started that at the all-star game so it's nice to see a little growth there from the um, Instagram account as well so thank you guys for listening uh, you guys have a good one. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Missouri 8-Man Football Facebook Live Game of the Week. Knox County at Northwest Hughesville. That's the next time you'll hear from me. So thank you guys and have a good rest of your week. And good luck to all the teams. From Straight Up Sports, I'm Devin Albertson. Mm-hmm.